his answer now. Is he in you? Yes. He is. And he wants you to stop! Who are you? to another episode of The Action Returns. I'm your host, Brian. With me, as always, is my brother, Nares. What's up? We're finally returning, everybody. And it's hot down here in California. How's the weather up there? Raining. It's been Uh, raining. We get a couple sunny days in between. Makes you think everything's going to get nice, and then the next day it's just raining. We had... We had a couple weeks of rain where it rained like every day, not like all day, but and hopefully it helped a little with this drought, but uh, I'm not sure. But all right, everyone, uh, we were supposed to do this a long time ago. I'd say months ago when whenever Ninja, uh, Revenge of the Ninja came out or when we, we dropped that one. But uh, let everyone know what we're doing. <laughs> We are doing Ninja 3, The Domination. He is the most feared and powerful warrior. A ninja who explodes onto America. His soul transforms her into a lethal assassin. Who are you? Her only hope is Yamada, the master ninja who has been sent to destroy him. An epic struggle of superhuman strength and supernatural forces. Ninja 3, The Domination, Rated R. 1984 action slash horror is what Google has it listed. Uh, Yeah, we'll we'll get to it. (laughs) All right, let's see Google. A woman with ESP and an interest in ancient Japanese culture becomes possessed by the spirit of an evil warrior. She had ESP. Did I black out? For a I was a, I was about to say I just watched this. I don't remember that part. All right, uh, <laughs> maybe IMDb can clear this up. Let's see, because I clearly sorry my internet's slow. I'm trying to pull it out. I clearly don't remember no. ESP or no mind powers. Uh, I don't either. (laughs) Internet seems to be super slow right now. Yeah, maybe it's the rain. That's usually what happens here. Yeah. You able to pull up? Right, Right there it goes. An evil ninja attempts to avenge his death by beyond the grave by possessing a damn it pop-ups by possessing an innocent woman's body. See, that's the movie I watched. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what this ESP this uh, thing is. Show Kasugi? Is that how I believe I, I got yeah. someone came at me for mispronouncing his name? Uh, Lucinda Dickey, special K. Yep. <laughs> Jordan Bennett, David Chung, Dale Ishimoto, James Hong, legendary James Hong, Bob Craig, Pamela Neese, Roy Padilla, Mo Mosley, John Lamada. I think we're getting into people that didn't really matter. Uh, directed by Sam. Furstenberg, written by James Arl Silky. I think I pronounced that right. Nez, tell us about your thoughts on Ninja 3, the domination that had ESP and mind powers. <laughs> uh, he's the ultimate killer. She's the perfect weapon. <laughs> That's what the poster says. I love the poster. It's cool little... Uh, She's special K, everybody. I don't care what anybody says. I learned some stuff about this as well uh, when, when we talk about how she got involved in this. But I saw this the weekend it came out because I just could not wait. After uh, Revenge of the Ninja and just it being awesome. <laughs> so, uh, or Ninja, or Revenge of the Ninja being awesome. I was like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm with this. Um, this did this come out before? I think it came out. No, 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 no. It came out after Breaking. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, because I think they sat on it for a little bit. Because uh, Breaking came out, then this came out, then Breaking Two came out shortly. So they must have just she must have been boom, boom, boom. On a mission, but um, we'll get into breaking later on. But yeah, I was like, all right, cool. I remember seeing the trailers. You, you see the uh, the fighting. You see Shokasugi with the eye patch, and it looks badass. I, I I'll get to a gripe when we get to him later on in the film. But I was like, all right. I mean, I don't. We know who this chick is. She's Special K from Breaking. Uh, so we're like, all right, cool. Uh, so me and my buddies were sitting there, we're ready, and then the movie starts and immediately dives into ninja action, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, but when the movie was over, I was like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about this one, <laughs> so, but uh, we sat through, it was a double feature, another um, low-budget uh, kung fu movie, I can't remember what it was, but um there was like tons of kung fu movies in the 80s that were just boom coming out and did, didn't do anything really. So, um, actually, I did see this again uh, at another theater. It was a theater that was in downtown Oakland. It was uh, Revenge of the Ninja and this one. So it was good to see Revenge of the Ninja on the big screen again. But over, over time... Uh, VHS cable and everything and I was like you know what I like this film it, it's goofy uh, it does have that horror uh, touch of horror with the, the the evil spirit exorcism stuff which I was kind of shocked with the first time I was like whoa what the hell happening here <laughs> but, but overall I mean now uh, I really love this film but yeah when I first saw it I was kind of like Ah, uh, okay. Um, it was mainly because Shokasugi wasn't the the main star. He was just like 
uh second or not even really second in command it was because that other dude the um the cop guy he got a lot of screen time what the, the hell guy that would take his shirt off and still have a sweater on yeah All jordan hair on his body <laughs> jordan bennett yeah him <laughs> i was like damn Good god hey everyone i'm not a hairy guy man i i I got a mustache and that's about it and long hair, but I do not. My chest is as smooth as a, as a baby's butt. But I think compared to him, I don't think anybody's a hairy guy. No, I have some friends that like they like their they got shoulder pads on <laughs> <laughs> from the t-shirts. But yeah, man, because my wife every time she sees somebody on on movies or whatever, especially these old '80s movies when nobody grooms, it was just all it was all men. In the eighties, uh, boys and girls, but she she would go. She always thought, "I'm glad you don't have a hairy chest." I said, "I don't. I'm glad I don't either." I mean, my dad don't even have no hair on his chest. But anyway, uh, yeah. So I was like, "All right, cool, man. Whatever." I mean, we saw it, then watching it over and over throughout the years, and now this is definitely a cult classic. Many people talk about it. I think out of these three ninja movies. This is probably the main one that everybody talks about. And, uh, yeah, because it's goofy and it was just kind of unexpected. I get into some more stuff when later on that I found out about this film. But what did you think of it? Or when did you first see this? Uh, I had to have seen that this must have been back in the VHS days for me. And rewatching it, there's so much I forgot. Because the only thing, I know I probably brought it up in the, the last recording but the, the only thing i ever remember was that weird ass v8 juice sex scene or whatever tomato juice sex scene was going that's the only thing i remember and i swear she at one point she danced the demons away but that that dance scene was very short so <laughs> i must have remembered it wrong but yeah if you're thinking this is the first two movies aren't even really connected, but if you think this has anything to do with the other two, you're wrong. Cause once it gets into the possession and the James, uh, James, uh, Hong comes in and he's trying to exercise the demons out. And then you got some aerobics shit in there. And then you got the police officer with the sweater on this movies like all over the place. But I think that's what makes it fun. Uh, the the ninja stuff is pretty decent. I mean, it's outrageous. It, it it I thought the last movie with the the robot decoys was was outrageous. But there's a guy that fucking corkscrews into the ground, into the earth <laughs> in this one. So there's a lot of stuff. It might it's it's definitely not the best out of the trilogy, but it's definitely one you have to watch. Yeah, this is why if you guys have never seen this, this is get your boys, get your girls, whoever can sit down through this and just crack open your favorite drink and do some other things if if you partake. But yeah, (laughs) that's what was crazy. My wife came walking through. What are you watching? She only saw like maybe seconds of it. She goes, is that special K? And I went, yeah, she went. Oh, I already hate this already. <laughs> I was like, damn. No love for Special K. But yeah, this one. <laughs> hey, she didn't really do anything in Breaking. 
Uh, no, she was just there. I mean, they just that, needed their female. That other, that other chick in the in the club, the from the other group, roasted her. She had nothing for that other chick. We'll have to get into those eventually. I don't know if they're streaming anywhere. I know that Blu-ray is out of print. I should have bought it when I saw it. And yeah, it's going for crazy money now. Yeah, I might just have to buy the DVDs. But Ninja 3, The Domination, everyone. All right. Uh, don't even try to read the plot on in, on Instagram, on Wikipedia, because it cuts everything out of it. It gives you the main story, but it just doesn't do this movie justice. If you read it just to see what this was about, you're like, it kind of tells you the main things, but it leaves out all the action and all the craziness and the corkscrews. And, well, and it, it starts out with the craziness already. That Christy Ryder is a telephone lines woman and an aerobics instructor. <laughs> yeah. like, it, why couldn't she just be one? Yeah. <laughs> um, she. I was watching some interviews. And she said this is um, uh, a ninja movie meets Flashdance meets The Exorcist. <laughs> so, and weirdly <laughs> enough, I I can see all that. Yeah. Um, it's got a little of everything in this movie. We even got a video game in it, some made-up video game that even got some screen time. But and this one, the uh, the bad one, they just called him Black Ninja, Hanjuro, uh, played by uh, David Chung. I know I've seen him in other things, but he just didn't uh, stand out to me. But what did stand out to me is his Edgar haircut. For those of you that. No, the the Edgar haircut. I, I just learned it recently from my kids. I was wondering why all these boys have this haircut. And he said, that's the Edgar. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, but anyway, tons of memes out there. But yeah, um, this guy, um, he's the Black Ninja. I don't know why he's called the Black Ninja, because his ninja suit is green, but like army green. I'm like, okay. So... He goes up and he's driving out in the desert somewhere, goes into some little secret cave, uh, opens up his little secret uh, rock case, and it's all electric, electrified because it's got a, 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 a light table with all his uh, ninja gear, his stars, his knives, and his swords, and his other little things that he throws around, uh, his bow and his arrow, and he gears up, and then he uh, goes out and while he's getting ready, we see another guy, some mob guy, I assume. He's trying to play golf with his girlfriend, and he's got all kinds of security around him. And then so the the dark, the black ninja, he goes and just goes after him and just. Uh, so there was no explanation, really, on why he was trying to kill this guy. I don't know. Yeah, I think we're just, are we just assuming he's a mob guy? Because they just kind of get right into it. Like, he's just doing a hit on somebody. Well, he's either a mob guy or maybe some politician. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he did the Japanese dirty or whatever, and they had go kill this guy. <laughs> so, I, I like, don't know. If you're looking for explanation or setup to this this uh, assassination, there there is none. No, because it's him and his girlfriend or his lady friend, and he's got all kinds of dudes uh, in suits around him. Um, and uh, he hits his ball into the like uh, out of the way, or and then he makes one of the uh, 
security guys go look for it, but then the ninja comes out of nowhere and picks up the the golf ball and then crushes it with his bare hands, and then he commences to kick an ass. He starts killing the um, – I'm watching this. <laughs> he starts killing the security guards. Like, all of them, they all have guns, but, like, they don't pull out their guns until they're, like, a few feet away from him. <laughs> so, but he pulls out the ninja stars, starts throwing those, hits one guy, kills him. Another guy comes running up with a gun. He pulls out his little uh, his little dart shooter, and he he shoots the dart, and it goes into the barrel of the gun. And when he shoots the gun, the gun blows up in his head, and he falls down. And <laughs> I, was, I was I forgot I forgot this movie completely, <laughs> other than the little um, the exorcism part. That was the only part I really remembered, or or in the scene when he when he hides from the cops in the dirt. Uh, so he just kills, basically kills all his security, and then he goes up. This guy must be like a super strong ninja because the guy that he's going after starts to drive off, and he catches him. He runs after. He catches the back of his little golf cart and then picks it up, the back end, with one arm. And that guy's like, get out, run, run, to his girlfriend. And then she gets out and runs, and then he kind of lets go, and then he runs after her and like stabs her in the neck well, with his sword, and then he goes after the dude, his target, and then slices him, and then he's dead, and then he goes running off into the woods. I felt like when he went and got all his ninja gear, like that box or whatever gave him powers, or the sword I did. I I think it was the sword. I don't know, because it turned into a lightsaber a couple of times, but... Oh man, we'll get to that too. <laughs> um, they really cleaned it up for the uh, excuse me for the Scream Factory Blu-ray because I remember seeing this in the theater. If you have the uh, the VHS copy, you can see the strings when that thing was floating around. <laughs> um, but anyway, so after uh, he kills pretty much all everybody in that whole golf or that that was around that dude that he was going after. Uh, the cops are called, and they come, like, super fast, so then they start chasing them. And uh, I from believe this is out in Phoenix, because I remember they were watching the extras that they filmed this in Phoenix. So the golf course is in the middle of the desert, so he's out running, just trying to outrun it. I mean, there's trees and rocks everywhere, but he just keeps running down this main road, and the squad cars and the the, the police motorcycles are running after him. I love these ninja flips. They're just so unbelievable. <laughs> but, because you can flip, jump, and flip over anything. He jumps and flips onto the top of this uh, police car. I don't know why they didn't stop. But the two cops, one of them was like, get that mother. And then he's, one of them shoots a shotgun through the roof but misses. And then he gets his sword and stabs it through the, the I assume, the shotgun blast holes. And um, it kills uh, the other cop. And then he gets his left hand, punches through the metal of or whatever it is of the car, the roof, and punches the, the driver in the head. And then he goes, ah! And then they go, they, they do this big jump over these bushes and they go into the water. Uh, he takes out one of the other cops with a ninja star in the neck on the motorcycle. He crashes. And then before the actually before the car goes into the to the pond, he gets out his little ninja grappling hook, throws it up and it hooks onto a tree. So he spins around when the car goes flying into the water. He kind of spins around this tree and that second cop comes up and he like kicks him. 
He kicks him off the bike and he clearly falls on the ground. But the next scene, cut scene, we see that bike in it goes off into the water and that cop is flying in the air right after the bike. <laughs> so I was like, who did the editing on this? <laughs> so those guys are all dead. And then his helicopter comes and they see all the cops in the water. And then he, the ninja starts climbing up this tree and they're just kind of looking around for him. And there's other cops uh, on the scene as well. And then uh, for some reason, this cop hovers right over the tree where the ninja could just easily jump up and hang on to the bottom of the helicopter. <laughs> all right. Uh, this was awesome. I mean, shout out to the stuntmen in this. But th this part made me laugh the hardest because uh, he starts fighting uh, one of the cops. He kicks him in the face and throws him out and he lands in the water. So I'm pretty sure he's alive. But the, the second cop pulls out a gun and starts shooting at him while the ninja is swinging around under the helicopter trying to hang on. But then he climbs up on one side. Um, he, uh, I think he kicked. Oh, no. He puts a ninja star into his left foot in between his toes. If you guys know those ninja shoes. And he hucks it into the helicopter. And it. The way the helicopter pilot, pilot is, he's looking forward. But I don't know how there must have been a magical ninja star. Instead of hitting the left side of his face, it digs it into the right side of his face. And then he goes, ah, and then he, he pulls the other cop out and throws him. And then the helicopter goes out of control and <laughs> crashes and blows up. And I was like, what's happening here? <laughs> Mystical ninja powers. But as a little 13-year-old Nez watching this in the theater, going, oh, man, this is amazing. Uh, then I guess pretty much the whole, the rest of the police force shows up to this golf course, and they're still looking for him. One of the cops sees, uh, it looks like one of those Thule or bamboo sticks, the basically the little, the little ninja arrow or dart shooter. <laughs> He's uh, under the water, so he's breathing through that. And a cop looks over to it like stupid. And then he comes out of the water, <laughs> shoots an arrow or a little dart into him, kills him. And he gets out and runs. More cops are coming. He pulls out his ninja sword and starts slicing and dicing. He must have killed, in the end of the scene, he must have killed at least 20 cops. Uh, plus whoever he went after and all his henchmen. <laughs> so he killed the whole police force. That's why I'm thinking the, the guy... That he killed was like a politician because that response time was quick. Yeah, it they was came a, it was a lot. Because <laughs> he, he's pulling out everything daggers, darts, stars, everything, slicing fools. There was one scene where they surrounded him and they were that close, and he just pulled out a sword and went in a circular motion and just took them all out. <laughs> so after he pretty much kills at least 10 cops that are around him. The rest of the police force, <clears throat> excuse me, the rest of the police force shows up and they just all pretty much surround him and just start unloading on him. Not checking their background fire when they could have easily shot each other, but okay. <laughs> so they fill him up with holes and he's laying there dead or they think he's dead. He kind of comes to, starts kicking ass again, and then he... uh they start shooting them again and they kind of focus on like, I think there's like five or six cops that are in this, but he gets just blasted up like pretty much point blank 
with shotguns and pistols. Uh, the pistols, okay, because they, they show his body later and we see all the holes in him. But those shotguns would have been ripping him apart that close. But I didn't make this movie. Um, so he pulls out one of his little uh, ninja smoke bombs, boom, throws it down, and then it just whoosh, big old puff of smoke. And they're like, where the hell is he? I don't know. Let's go. Let's look for him. So everyone kind of spreads out. The only thing they find on the ground is uh, his little ninja mask. So they all start running around looking for him. So when all the cops are pretty much gone, the coast is clear. His head pops out of the dirt. And then he goes scuffling off. And this is when we're introduced to, uh, what the hell's her name? Christy uh, Ryder. Christy Ryder. She's special K, everybody. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, for for you 80s kids, you guys understand. <laughs> so he comes, uh, He's she's doing her thing. She's, uh, what was she, a telephone? A telephone oh. line woman and uh, aerobics instructor. Okay. <laughs> so she's doing her thing. She's uh, jamming out to her tunes and she's having a good day in Phoenix. It's probably like a billion degrees. Cause it's like like 114 down there. My son just came back from there, and he said it was hell hot. Oh, you c- couldn't tell by looking at her. Nah, she just looks pure 80s. She said she had straight hair when she did this, but they wanted to um, uh, flash dance her up. That's why her hair was all puffed out and everything. So, but while she's up on this pool, she's uh, doing her thing, and then she sees the the black ninja, and he's like scuffling along and falling, and she's like. Hey, do you need help? So she climbs down and then she goes looking for him and she can't find him. But then um, he comes, she finds uh, one of his little ninja rags or whatever it is. But then uh, this mysterious wind comes blowing up and then she he grabs her from behind. He doesn't have his mask on and he's just full of bullet holes and his face is all bleeding and everything. He starts speaking Japanese to her. There was no subtitles or anything, but you kind of get what he's saying with his uh, with his facial and t- the tone. Mm-hmm. And he's holding out his his uh, ninja sword, his katana sword. He's holding it out to her, uh, and then she kind of she kind of ran off for a minute. But then when he's standing there yelling at her, and he's holding it out, she kind of goes up to him and then sits down, and then he just like hands it to her, and then he just boom, he just falls over and. The, that's the end. So I assume the cops found him because she just took the sword and ran back to got all her gear and, and cut out. But when he was looking at her, I guess he was um, this is when the horror aspect comes in. <laughs> uh, the, the possession part. Yeah, he's he's looking at him with, with his little eyeliner ninja eyes and basically giving him giving her his thoughts. Cause she starts to see all the guys that were shooting at him and then he just boom falls over. And then, so she gets the sword and the um, little holder and then she cuts out. But there's every time they came to the possession stuff, her hair, the wind would blow and her hair would be blowing in the wind. But she starts getting all this. I assume this is the ESP. <laughs> she starts to see all this stuff. So, um, she ends up going home. Well, we we kind of meet the cops, all the one, all the guys that uh, kill her, because she does end up 
going to the police station and ask her all kinds of questions. Yeah, well, what do you know? Have you seen this guy? She goes, I don't know nothing. I was just out there working, and this guy came out of nowhere, and then I called you. So she's just getting out of here. She just wants to leave. Uh, one of the cops, This, these are the days in the 80s where – uh, sexual harassment was on the daily in the movies. I it, I'm not really sure how it was in the real world, but oh, we'll 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 get to some of that later. Yeah, <laughs> in the next couple scenes, uh, I totally forgot all about that because this guy, this guy, um, uh, Billy Billy Seckard, Seckard, I don't know, he's one of the cops. Um, she like sees him and then he's just throwing it at her. Hey, let's go get coffee. Let's let's go do this let's go out and she's just like hell no leave me alone i just want to go home so she kind of just uh shrugs him off and then she goes uh she goes home and she lives in like this warehouse and she's got this video game she's playing and she lives uh with one of her other friends and she is all geared up in her flash dance aerobic gear and then she she goes off to work because like i said in the in the wikipedia she's a um Aerobics instructor. Oh wait, you you missed a part of how this whole time, uh, after being possessed and getting a question by the police, she had the 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 katana, the sword, and yeah, nobody's she, seen her hold or carry the whole time all the way home. She had it in her uh, her van, so I don't think she took it into the uh, police station because when she got when she got home. She was pulling out all her gear, all her little uh, telephone gear, and then she grabbed that thing and then she took it in. Her friend, her roommate, or whoever that girl was, saw it and she yeah, said, oh. I, like, I like the roommate connected it to the murder, like instantly, yeah, instantly. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just eh, nothing. I, I just something I bought. Well, so put she it on goes, my wall. Yeah, <laughs> she goes to work, and this is when the flash dance stuff comes in. She's a uh, an aerobics instructor. This part was. I was like, man, um, I don't know where this gym is, but the aerobics class is right next to all the weightlifting machines. And there's all these meathead guys just checking out. They're lifting weights and pumping iron and everything, but they're all just like basically watching all these girls jump up and down and, and everything and licking their lips, uh, watching them. And then uh, we see we also see the uh, the cop. Uh, the kind of the police officer that was trying to get at her, and uh, he can't hack it in the class because he kind of just collapses. But he's still trying to throw throw it down on her, but she she ain't having any of it. She keeps yeah, like oh. he's he's a borderline stalker. Yeah, he was already in love when he saw her, but she's kind of I guess she he's wearing her down because she starts to laugh around and giggle at his jokes and everything. So. Class is over. She walks outside. Everyone's leaving. Uh, she hears something. She hears like a girl kind of like scream a little. And she sees these dudes, uh, the guys that were gawking at all the girls. She walks over and checks. And there is four of them. And they got her like in the corner against a wall. And they're all like touching and grabbing her. Uh, one of the guys grabs her bag and just starts dumping all her clothes onto the ground. And then uh, Special K goes up to her like, hey, you guys need to leave her alone. And then they're like, ah, oh, well, well, we'll play with you or whatever the crazy shit they were saying to her. Yeah, like, no, no, leave him alone. Billy's watching the whole time, not doing anything. 
there is all kinds of people watching other women and like maybe five other guys looking and not even trying to step in. They probably would have got whooped on, but they could at least stepped in and uh, attempted to at help. least at least the police officer there should have said police officer. Uh, he does. But after the fact, I mean, he doesn't uh, he's not like right there yet because they all just surround her and then she starts kicking ass. She starts giving him kicks um, doing flips. <laughs> she breaks out this metal bar and throws it at uh, one of the guys, kicks another one like down the stairs, and he goes flying into a garbage can. Um, I don't know how heavy this bar is, but <laughs> she throws it down on the two guys and they go falling. This is when uh, Billy comes walking up and everybody's hooting and hollering, cheering and clapping, and Billy's just watching with his mouth open. So after she beat the hell out of those guys, uh, Billy grabs her and, all right, uh, come on, you're coming with me. You're under arrest. And she's like, what? And then she just gets in his car and he's, I'm not taking you in, but uh, I just want to make sure you get home. And then he starts throwing his Mac down still. Yeah, and it's just the like thirst. The thirst is real because <laughs> all those guys got let off. And he uh, allegedly arrests her just so he can drive away with her to to keep like you said putting it on her <laughs> he basically takes her home and i guess she wants to get clean clean all the sweat off because she goes into the bathroom and must shower up really quick all right here's a question was she possessed right here or did she just f it i'm gonna give him some i was gonna ask you was she when she was kicking ass was that the possession or was that her I think that was the possession. Okay. I, I don't think she, I mean, she didn't do nothing like super duper special. I mean, cause she said she was uh, a gymnast, like the, the real, the actress. She said she was a gymnast. So, cause she said she was fighting to, uh, to do her own stunts. Uh, so, uh, I'm, I'm going to say this was her cause it'd be weird if the black ninja was possessing her body at this time to seduce him. <laughs> well man didn't try very hard or he was trying hard but like maybe twice and then she finally said F it and uh, I'm gonna give it up cause she backs him onto his couch and starts uh, straddling him and then she gets the V8 and dumps it down <sighs> her neck <laughs> and then I, I hated V8 back then but now I can drink it <laughs> cause I'm an old man I need my uh, vitamins but he starts licking it off her neck, and it's like, oh my god! I mean, this guy. Hey, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know. No one's ever told me I was a good kisser or anything. But <laughs> he was basically trying to swallow her, licking her neck. I was like, okay, is this necessary for, for, for the story? V eight. <laughs> so uh, he beats it up. We don't, we don't see it. And but then um, they're laying there sleep. Uh, and they only met like the day before. So maybe it was different in the 80s. <laughs> so, and her apartment is just total 80s. You got the neon lights and, and all all kinds of little things in there. Um, it's a nice place. I mean, I wonder how much it was back in, in the 80s. But she kind of wakes up because then this that mysterious wind is blowing. And then uh, she's getting a light in her closet. And then we see uh, smoke or whatever coming out. And then there's this light flashing in her closet, and then she opens it up and look, and there's 
the katana sword and it's hovering and like i said back in the good old days you can clearly see all the, <laughs> the strings <laughs> it's hovering it comes out of its little holder and she's looking at it and doesn't know what's going on and the lighting and everything with this shot man they can it seemed you could just the way they were shining it on it, it kind of just reminded me of a, a lightsaber uh, at times in this scene. Uh, but it's hovering around in front of her, and then she kind of just grabs it, and I guess she's just feeling feeling the force uh, of this uh, the katana sword from the uh, the black ninja. And then she when we, this is how we know she's possessed at times because there's her she got that ninja eyeliner on. And her yeah. face is really white. <laughs> and we see that she's like, like got this real evil look in her face. And then uh, she has a little flashback of the black ninja when she last saw him. Uh, the, the katana sword is shaking and she doesn't know what's happening. There was a lot of scenes like this where there was just no dialogue, just uh, exorcist or possession stuff on the screen. Uh, Billy wakes up because he hears something. And she's putting uh, the katana sword back uh, in the closet. And he's kind of like, oh, where'd you get that? That's cool. Where'd you get that? And uh, it's just something I'm going to hang on the wall. And he's like, all right, cool. He's a bad he, police officer. Yeah, he doesn't put uh, two and two together. So he doesn't. He, he's not making detective. No, man. He's just, he wasn't even thinking. He's maybe thinking about round two. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> you got the witness to the black ninja. But you also see her kick a bunch of ass and have samurai swords. And you're just <laughs> not connecting anything. You're just thinking about the next time. <laughs> All right. Next thing we go to the airport. Uh, Shokasugi's character. His name is Goro Yamada. I think that's how you say it. I might be saying his last name wrong. Uh, but he's met by some three uh, Japanese gentlemen. And they kind of realize uh, just letting them know uh, what's going on because they do hear the news story uh, about the ninjas. That's why they kind of brought him in. And there is a backstory with uh, Goro and and the black ninja we'll get to later on. But the cop is still throwing it down on her and she doesn't, uh, she's just trying to do work and she's just not really uh, feeling it. But when he shows up at her, she's doing a, a job and he kind of pops up and Shows up in his partner in his car. She looks over at him. And then she has like a, a little vision. It's one of the cops that shot. Shot at the black ninja. So she's like, all right. So now this is the guy. Because that's basically her mission is to find all the cops that survived. That were shooting at him and go after him. So she kind of just gets in her gear and in her van. And just hauls ass and follows them. Uh, basically follows uh, Billy and he dr he drops off his partner. He goes in the house and he's doing his thing. And then she kind of uh, ninja gears up. I'm going to skip it some things because there's some things where it was nothing. It was just more of Billy trying to get on her and let's go out on a date and all that. And she's like, yeah, all right, whatever. But he's, um, you know, while he's doing that and she's just looking the fucking craziest, <laughs> like she's half dead. <laughs> because after she got off the phone with him, um, uh, she goes. She's in her apartment, and all the lights are flickering. The wind's blowing. The smoke uh, is coming out everywhere, and she doesn't really know uh, what the hell is happening. Her video game is moving, and smoke's coming out of it, and she's just scared. And just 
we know something bad's gonna happen. Basically, uh, more possession stuff. So she, I don't know why she just doesn't leave her apartment, but okay. <laughs> so um, there, uh, some red laser comes out of her uh, out of her video game video game called Bouncer. Obviously, something made up. It's like one of those little psychedelic lasers. If you go to like uh, Fish or Tool or whatever, one of those kind of crazy concerts, Pink Floyd. And I assume this is just ninja possession beam. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but because she's just standing there and there's lights hitting her in the face and nothing's really happening. I mean, other than this light and she's just got her eyes closed and her hair's blowing all over the place. So um, she goes into uh, her room and here comes the the hovering katana sword out of her closet. And it glides across the room in front of her. Uh, <laughs> again, shout out to Scream Factory, Shout Factory for erasing all the strings. But it, it looks so goofy and everything. But hey, man, it's, it's the it's the mid eighties, everyone. <laughs> yeah, it, it it still looks like it's floating on a string because it's not floating like perfectly. It's just kind of dipping up and down. Yeah, this is no CGI, uh, boys and girls. There was CGI, but not in this film. Uh, so she gets her possession uh, ninja eyes eyeliner, and she's looking all crazy. <laughs> so, um, hey, quick, quick, quick question: Is all these scenes with the with the sword coming out of the closet, floating around, and the wind blowing? What is what? Is, sorry, my dog's pointing. Uh, are these needed? Because he's already possessed her. Uh, maybe once, twice at the most, but they they show so much of this. I don't think so. Maybe they were just. We need to show some uh, some demonic uh, possession effects. <laughs> I don't know, but whatever it is, the um. So she's possessed now. She gets in her van. She drives out to that secret ninja cave. She finds a little secret ninja rock that opens up, and she finds all her weapons and her her. Uh, whoa! Still out there blowing things up. Um, <laughs> so it's 4th of July when we're recording this. I thought they were all done, but it sounds like they're still blowing stuff up here on the res. Anyway, uh, be careful if you guys are out there blowing up fireworks. Don't blow your hands off. Uh, so she gets all her ninja gear. She gears up. Uh, I like her little outfit. It's that, uh, same one as the black ninja. He's a little army green looking suit. She goes to the house of uh, one of the guys that, that uh, was shooting at him that where Billy dropped off. He's in his house playing pool in his underwear uh, and his wife beater and his big stogie in his mouth. And she kind of creeps in into his house and then just kind of surprises him, comes out of nowhere. And he's like, who the hell are you? And then she, she he starts throwing cue balls at her. She grabs one. Uh, or no, she, the first one he throws at her, she cuts it. She slices it in half. And he's like, fuck. Then he throws up another one. She catches it and then just uh, squeezes it with a hand. So I guess she's got the the black ninja uh, magic possession strength. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't. If someone shows up late night to your house dressed as a ninja, don't question them. No, and if you're, a, especially if you're a cop, man, just start shooting and ask questions later. If they break in their house, you can go, go for it. Yeah, don't so, throw pool balls. <laughs> he swings the cue the the cue stick at her a couple of times, but she just cuts it in half with her sword. Um, 
he tries to go reaching for his gun. She throws a ninja star instead of hitting it, hitting him with it. It like hits the wall, but stops his hand. And uh, this is where she's got the secret ninja uh, strength because she grabs him with one hand and then lifts him up against the wall. And then she pulls out her sword and cuts him in the face and then throws him out the window. And I assume that killed him because he's laying there. She assumes it killed him. (laughs) He's laying there dead in his spankies. And then she takes off. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So the cops come and they all find him and and he's dead because the paramedics are bringing him out. And they don't really know why or why he was killed or who have done it. Billy's there on the scene and he's just kind of like, I don't know, but uh, I think his uh, wheels are starting to spin because when he's looking around at all the crowd, uh, we see um, Shokasugi's character, Goro, he's standing there uh, looking at him. And Billy kind of just notices but doesn't really think much of anything. Yeah, like I said, Billy's horrible because I think he mentioned something about calling Christie to see what she's doing. And I don't think his, he's even talking about the case. That's why he's a flatfoot. He's not a, <laughs> he's not a detective yet. He's not even good at that though. <laughs> he must be new on the force. Uh, the next morning he's over at Christie's house. So obviously spent the night and crushed it again, but she's starting to tell him that, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like kind of blacking out and not knowing what's going on because she goes, I woke up and I got these bruises on me and uh, she, she has one on the back of her shoulder. Uh, so he's like, well, I don't know, man, we should uh, go to the doctor or something, whatever. And this is when he's standing there with his wife beater and his, um, his sweater, <laughs> his hair sweater. Uh, she's hugging him and her face is like right in all that his shoulder. God, dude, that sounds like a shotgun blast. I don't know what they're doing out there. Um, so he takes her to the doctor or I don't know if he took her, but, uh, she goes to, and gets a brain scan and the doctors are kind of just telling her that, eh, everything's good, but there's obviously something wrong if you're blacking out and everything, but she's just still trying to figure out, uh, what the hell it is. So exactly, she goes, to, exactly what you want your doctor to say. Everything looks good, but there's still something wrong. Yeah. She goes to the police station, uh, to, I assume, to tell Billy uh, what the doctors were saying. But while she's in there, she sees uh, one of the cops. And when she sees him, she has that flashback of him shooting at the Black Ninja. And he's walking out of the police station. I don't know if these are two hookers or two uh, receptionists yeah. that work. No, we'll go with hookers. <laughs> that work at the police station. And they're just walking he's, he's, out. He's getting them out of trouble. Yeah, he's look, come with me and I'll uh, I'll make sure your records clean. <laughs> so they walk out uh, around the corner and she goes following them and they go into the what's this place called? International Spa Health Resort. <laughs> so uh, go into the scene. He's in the hot tub with these two chicks and they're they're making out and he's laughing around, having a good time. Uh, Special K comes walking in uh, with towels. Or she knocks on the door and one of them, oh, we need towels anyway, so come on in. So she comes into the room and uh, she's looking uh, at the three that are in the hot tub. And then she takes off her robe. I thought she was naked at first, but that the cop like stopped and looked at her like, whoa, hey, what's happening here? And the other two girls are like, who is she? Why is she here? Get her out of here. And he's like, 
Well, hey, man, she's here. She might as well join the party or whatever. Yeah, this scene, was, said. this scene was hilarious because one chick really is not feeling it because she's just like, oh, is this bitch? <laughs> and the other one, like, she's like, oh, I want to see what happens. Like, she's into it. Yeah, she was like, I want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Special K comes, she's in a bathing suit. She's not in, in her birthday suit. She comes in and just slowly uh, looking all sexy, gets into the tub, uh, goes up to this cop and starts making out with him. Yeah, one of them gets out. I'm out of here. No, they kind of just get away from him. One of them's disgusted and the other one says she's going to watch. But she's got uh, this ring on and uh, it's got a little, um, I think it was like a little pearl that she pulled off. But it's got, it's like a little ninja ring with ninja poison in it. Because while she's hugging and making out with this guy, she taps the back and stabs him with it and then it just whatever's in that tip just immediately kills him because he kind of keels over and just bleh, falls into the tub and drowns uh the girls are screaming he grabs she grabs one of them and then rakes that ring uh across her chest and scratches her so the poison that um, instantly kills her uh the other one tries to get out and run but she pulls out some kind of little ninja string or whatever wraps it around her throat and chokes her and then Throat or drowns her in the water, and then she gets the hell out of Dodge. So those th- those three people are dead. These two chicks are just casualties of war. <laughs> yeah, I think I changed my mind. Maybe it was the possessed black ninja seducing Billy, because he's pretty good at it right here, seducing this cop. <laughs> so after she's gone, this okay. Here's a question for me. Uh, Goro Shokasui comes walking in. Uh, I don't know how long after, but he comes in. So, is does he just feel the ninja the the ninja force and <laughs> and knows what's what's happening? I don't know. He just shows up for no no explanation to this place where that cop and the two girls are are dead. Good ninja skills. <laughs> and so, because he kind of just kneels down, uh, makes sure one of them's dead or feeling to see like checking her pulse on her neck. She's dead, but he like touches the blood. And then he like looks at it, and then that's the end of that scene. He doesn't know what's happening. He's so, tracking, but he's tracking him. He's like uh, Sonny Landon from Predator. <laughs> uh, speaking of him, man, I, have you ever seen Southern Comfort? Oh, it's been, it's been a while. I just watched it for the first time last night. It's I didn't know he was in it. Shout out to him. Shout out to his daughter. She was nice. Me and Mike met her uh, last year. Yeah, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, uh, Billy Bear. Um, anyway, um, so Special K is your Christine, whatever you guys want to call her. She's still like blacking out. She doesn't know what's going on. She she's telling Billy, like, I I don't feel right. But he's just like, well, I don't know what to tell you, man. The doctors and everything, and she's just like, uh, all right. But he, he's basically again bad cop work. He's not putting two and two together. Uh, she's basically, I need help. I need help and all this. So he's a, they kind she kind of came up with the idea. All right, let's go see. Uh, at first I thought he was like a, uh, like a fortune teller or something, but, um, they go and see, uh, David Lopan. Yeah. Lopan. Uh, but he looks like snotty from, uh, Revenge of the Nerds 2. <laughs> right here. What was this? You ever see that movie Balls of Fury? Where he's yeah. a blind master. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Uh, I just watched Revenge of the Nerds too. Well, I actually watched both of them back to back, and I forgot he was in the second one. He was a uh, snotty. He was a uh, booger's uh, mentor. <laughs> he he looks just like how he did. Here. He's got long hair and that little scraggly uh, goatee and uh, mustache. But um, I assume he was uh, was he an exorcist, exorcist or whatever you call those guys. I don't know. I thought I thought he was a fortune teller type thing. I think that was pretty much what he is because Billy does have to pay him uh, to to get his uh, to get the work in. So he kind of does a little once over and then realizes there's something there's something wrong with her. So he's like, "All right, well, if all this is happening, then we should try this." Uh, I don't think he was expecting what he got because uh, his little uh, servant, she brings out uh, like a, a leather belt with chains and everything on it. And they're like, well, what do you need this for? He goes, well, sometimes when uh, people are possessed, this if things happen, this kind of holds them in place so we can uh, do this exorcism or whatever safely. So she's all geared up and everything. He gets all his little uh, little magic things and starts doing uh, prayers, I guess. Um, and then she just she at first she's like, okay, whatever. Um, Billy's just sitting there like, what the fuck is this? Uh, he packs up the pipe. I don't know what was in it, opium or weed or what, whatever it was. <laughs> but he gives her her a uh, uh, rip from it. And then uh, his partner or whatever is there. And he starts doing his thing, uh, saying his little, whatever he's saying in Japanese. I don't speak Japanese. So I don't know what he's saying. But basically doing uh, some kind of prayers or whatever. But then the room starts getting all, here comes that uh, black ninja wind is blowing in there. Uh, things in there start moving around. The light's starting to change. He doesn't know what, what's going on. The The candles flames are going super high and then i think this is at this point uh he's low pan everyone he's starting to realize oh something's happening because uh christine like her head is down but then she looks up and she's got that evil uh possessed ninja look but she starts saying things but it's all in japanese there was no no japanese subtitle there was no subtitles so he's saying stuff back to her and we all we can do is just guess unless you guys know understand japanese billy's like oh fuck because when she looks up again her face is all white and she's got red eyes and he's just uh lopan is just ah what the fuck he's just all scared she's uh blowing out smoke out of her mouth and she starts screaming and billy's like what the fuck man what what are we gonna do and he he basically tells him look there's an evil spirit in her and i don't know if i can can get it out but i'm gonna try so she's just ah screaming. He she we, okay. Whatever she was saying in in Japanese, um, he pulls out a knife and Billy's like, "What are you doing?" And he goes, "She wants me to to cut her cut her loose." And he's like, "Well, fuck, man, look at her. We can't." So he's like, "Well, she wants me to. I don't know. I think he was starting to get scared and just gonna listen to what uh, she's saying because he he tries to cut one of the the ropes, but uh, Billy jumps in and kind of shoves him down but her secret uh 
possessed ninja strength. She breaks the two ropes that her hands are tied. And then she's, uh, again, she's got that leather belt and she's chained up. But Billy gets another rope and wraps it around her and uh, ties it up. And she's still, ah, screaming. And Lopan is on his knees like, stop, stop, or whatever. Um, I think you're just not supposed to get involved in the when the 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 exorcism exorcism is is going on. She's starting to speak Japanese again, and then Lopan is just like scared out of his mind. He doesn't know what the hell's happening. She starts screaming, and then all of a sudden uh, he starts uh, Lopan. I don't know his name in this, but he starts. Uh, uh, gliding up the wall and she's looking at him and he's ah he's screaming billy's like what the fuck's happening here and then all of a sudden she just like starts spinning again she still has that chain uh, belt wrapped around her and she's just spinning and spinning in circles and billy's like what the fuck and you can clearly see it's a dummy because it looks terrible (laughs) (laughs) Uh, according to wikipedia the uh, David Lopan is Mie, Mayashima, and I guess he's supposed to be a, a, an exorcist. Well, Even he's not a it, good one. It, yeah, it comes off like maybe this is his first time. I, I yeah, he just maybe he knows what to do, but this is yeah his first time doing it. She says something again in Japanese, and then just falls backward and and kind of just blacks out. But Lopan's like, get this bitch out of here. <laughs> so, but he's telling him that you, you need to be careful. You, you, this, this is serious shit, man. But I can't help you. So, sorry, bro. Get lost. So Billy's like, all right, man, whatever. So I mean, they don't know what to do. So they basically have to leave. And he um, still had to pay him. Yeah. <laughs> well, he paid him right when they got there. But uh, he was basically telling him, look, man, she's possessed with something, and I don't know what. What it is, uh, I think whatever what he was whatever she was saying in Japanese, I think he realized uh, who he was because he he does tell Billy, oh this is she's possessed by the Hanjuro, the Black Ninja. So this is serious shit, man. Watch out. <laughs> so after that scene, we see uh, Shokensugi. He's uh, God, I don't know if you can hear that, but that's motherfuckers. Damn. Um, they're outside. Everyone blowing shit up. <laughs> I swear, dude, it sounds like shotguns. <laughs> anyway, you, so you never know. Yeah, I'm not even go out there to look. <laughs> uh, it's hot here in the studio. And I got the window open. So Shokensugi shows up to the to the morgue, and a security guard comes out, and he kind of beats the shit out of him. He doesn't kill him. Uh, he does throw a ninja star at him, but it doesn't. Uh, kill him or stab him or anything but he just gives him some chops and kicks and then throws him down and then he sneaks into the uh to the morgue and he's looking for the body of the black ninja another security guard comes up hey who are you uh roundhouse kick to him two more guys two more securities come out with uh the billy clubs and he chops them up and they fall down there's no weapons he just with his hands then he goes into the room where all the bodies are and there's two uh, orderlies, I guess. I don't know. They got uh, surgeon scrubs on. So he's he's like, they're like, who are you? And he's kind of like giving them the, come here, look. And they go, what? what? What do you want? He puts his hands on their shoulders and then grabs their heads and slams them together. And they both pass out. <laughs> like Three Stooges style. <laughs> I love that part. 
he walks over to the to the refrigerator and he pulls out uh, the body of the black ninja. And I don't know why he's not covered, but he's got bullet holes all over his chest. So during this scene, this is when we have a flashback scene to uh, Goro, and I think it's his dad and the the black ninja along with his crew. They have um, Goro chained up or tied up to a fence. And then the black ninja has, uh, I assume that's Goro's dad. And then he like slices his throat and then he pulls out a a ninja star and throws it and it gets uh, Goro right in the eye because his his left eye has a a patch over it. There's some symbols on his patch. I I don't I don't know what it says or what it means, but uh, he takes the body because he knows that he has to take it to these little sacred temples that are somewhere in the the hills of Phoenix. Um, (laughs) It's clearly not uh, really temples. It's just matting that looks terrible. (laughs) So he takes that body up to that. And and up in in that little temple is a a bunch of, I don't know if these are ninja guys in training or who they are, but uh, we go back to the police station. We see uh, Billy and... Uh, Christine, she's kind of just hanging out with them. Oh, during her her little possession exorcism thing, I guess she was so scared her some of her hair turned white. So if you remember uh, Poltergeist when um, Joe Beth Williams' character, the mom, got scared and had that white hair, I assume that's what happened. Or Nancy uh, from Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. So she's sitting there and she's kind of just hanging out with Billy. And then these two cops come walking up like, oh, hey, Billy, uh, the funeral for Officer So-and-so, um, the one she killed with the when he was throwing cue balls at her. So her, her, his service is at four at the wherever, wherever. So I hope you be there. She turns to look when she sees them talking. And then she's got that flashback, uh, the ESP ninja flashback. And she sees <laughs> uh, a Mexican and a black cop. She sees them uh, shooting at him. So she's kind of like, all right. So she knows who these guys are and where they're going to be. So uh, they're just kind of basically just tell Billy, just show up and be there. Don't be or be square. So she goes back home and she, cause she was telling Billy that she feels weird, but he's kind of like, eh, you're all right. Still not putting two and two together. Well, yeah, then she, I, she doesn't look all right. I think he should have. Well, this is after the exorcism part. She, he shouldn't realize that. All right. You're possessed by, and he, the the Lopan told him, so I just think he just kind of shot it off like, yeah, I don't, know, I don't believe any of that, because he still he saw what he saw, but I just assume he didn't really believe it, because if I would have seen something like that, I don't think I don't want to see anything like that, but uh, I don't think he should have left her side. Well, she well goes, you, we all agree that Billy's not the best at what he <laughs> does. So we go back to her apartment. And uh, all the shit starts happening. Her the lights are flickering. The uh, the ninja smokes coming. Her appliances are flashing on and on. Her her curtains are closing. Everything cupboards opening up and down. And refrigerator flying all over the blocking her from trying to get out. She doesn't know what's happening. And I don't. Well, I guess she did try to leave, but the refrigerator stopped the the door. And just things are going crazy in her in her apartment, and she's just trying to get the hell out of there. Uh, she runs in her room, tries to call Billy, but the phone's not working because it starts saying stuff in Japanese when she picks it up. 
um, the the room starts shaking, and then the lights start flashing, and then the um, her closet comes busting open, and all this smoke and this lights coming out of it, and it's trying to suck her in there because she's hanging on to uh, her bed frame and everything, and she's like, ah! She go, runs over and shuts the uh, blinds. Um, really quick, I was watching the extras. Uh, she said that they built this her her room on one of those little slanted uh, things that can tilt that tilt the room, so it doesn't have to have to act like she's falling. But she's really falling, but she's hanging on to that thing. Mm. So this part was funny because after the she shuts the closet and it, everything kind of calms down for a minute, she turns on her stereo and starts dancing. And then the the closet busts open, and the ninja sword comes gliding out uh, towards her, and and slices the the radio, her little uh, stereo, and <laughs> and stops the music. This is where I thought I remembered that she danced the demons away. I, I she tried; it didn't work. It just probably made them matter. Um, the closet opens up again, and and it's like a poltergeist thing. Uh, it's trying to suck her in there because she's hanging on, but she can't. She can't. Uh, not strong enough for the the ninja spirits, and it sucks her into the closet, uh, like Carol Ann. So she's uh, she's in there. Billy comes to the um, to the cemetery for uh, his uh, fellow officer's funeral. While he's driving in there, he sees. Um, Christine's a uh, work van and he goes up to it and looks in and he sees her bag and when he digs in it there's a ninja star in it so he picks it up and he's like fuck so he starts looking for her all right we see Christine now she's all geared up in her ninja gear uh, while they're having the funeral and she climbs up into the tree and before or when the, she was waiting for the right time to strike uh, when they uh, the cops are doing the uh, the gun salute uh, as soon as one uh, fires, she has her bow and, and arrows ready. So when they shoot, she she lets one rip, and it hits uh, one of the cops that she saw earlier, the one of the ones that uh, killed or was shooting at the the black ninja. So after she hits him, all hell breaks loose. All the cops don't know what's happening. They're just basically shooting in every direction. She. Uh, Shoots the other cop with an arrow in the neck. He goes down. And all the cops are ah running around. They don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, one of the, a couple of the other cops were just uh, in the line of fire of this uh, bow and arrow. So they got taken out. But she hit the, the two targets that she wants. So, But Billy, when all this is going on, Billy's running around trying to look for her. And then all the cops go running. They jump into the squad cars. They all immediately jump onto their motorcycles and start driving around. They have no idea what they're looking for. They're just riding <laughs> around. Uh, Christine gets a little grappling hook, slides down, kicks two of the cops off of their bikes. Uh, a squad guard comes riding up. Uh, the passenger cop hangs out the window with a shotgun. Uh, can't shoot at all because he's clearly missing her. I don't know how you can miss with a shotgun, but okay. Um, <laughs> when the car comes, she ninja jumps up into the tree. She's holding onto a branch. That cop shoots, breaks the branch, and then she goes falling down onto the, the squad car and then starts running. 
Um, she pulls one of the cops driving by off the bike, and then she uh, slices him and cuts his uh, helmet in half. All these other cops are running after her with billy clubs, and then they just start trying to beat her ass. I don't know why they didn't pull out their guns and shoot her, but okay, I guess she had to have some martial arts fight scenes. But these cops can't fight for shit because she just runs through all of them. I mean, they, they grab her and everything, but she's roundhouses throwing chops and everything. There's like four cops right here. None of them, not one of them could have just pulled out their gun and uh, fired it at her, but okay. The movie would have been over. <laughs> uh, what I did like about, shout out to all the, the choreography in this and the stunt guys, um, the cop and the ninja. Uh, there's times, like like I said, that, um, what the hell's her name? Lucinda Dickey, Christine. She, uh, she fought to do her own stunts, but they were like, you can't. What if you get hurt? Because she's like, well, I'm a gymnast. I can handle it. I said, what if you're doing a spin kick and you come down wrong and twist your ankle? And we can't have that. So they had to get all they had to get stunt women and stunt men to play her. There's times where you can see that, you know, it's a woman. And then there's other times where you can clearly see that it's a man. <laughs> so after she beats up some more cops, she goes running. And here comes Goro Shokansugi. He sees her and then she runs. She's running through the trees and then she comes to a fence. She stops, does a, does a ninja leap flip over this barbed wire fence. <laughs> uh, here comes Goro. He does the same thing. He's standing right in front of the fence and he does a flip. If you guys have seen Revenge of the Ninja, he did that in that as well. <laughs> so she goes running into this abandoned house and he, he goes in there after her. Uh, she's I assume it was cold when they were filming this because he's breathing, uh, Goro, he's breathing and all the, the cold, you see his breath. Mm-hmm. So he kind of, uh, he gets, he's trying to get into the house and she's like stabbing the sword through all this wood, but he eventually just kicks down some wood and goes in. He sees her and she uh, runs up to the stairs. Um, and this house is pretty much uh, either it's boarded up and the floorboards are all messed up because he starts falling through things and the walls are all t- kind of pretty much taken down. But he chases her up uh, up these stairs and she just starts throwing everything. And she throws a sink at him. She throws a toilet and all kinds of stuff while he's trying to go up these stairs. Uh, but he may, he does make it up there. And then she starts fighting him. But then... Uh, he falls through the floor. Um, I think she kicked him or something. And then he falls. He goes back through the floor, back onto the to the bottom floor again. And then he's looking around. He's looking up, trying to get her. And uh, he, while he fell through the floor, he gets stabbed with something like like a piece of rebar or something. But he like just pulls it out of him. But he's looking around. He sees. He notices her. He can hear her her steps. Um, so he jumped as a ninja leap and goes through the floor of this and then they start fighting again while they're up on the the second floor he pulls her uh, mask off so he sees her but uh, while they're doing this the cops show up so he's like he's looking at her like all right i mean he knows he knows what's happening he knows that uh, she's possessed by the black ninja so when all the cops are coming, he's like, all right, come on, you got to go. So she leaps out this window and you can clearly see it's a man with a wig on. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets the hell out of there. She She's gone. 
she makes uh she gets away but then goro comes out the front door and all these cops are right there and they uh they arrest him so he because he just basically gives up like all right i i didn't do anything but all right i'm gonna go with you billy shows up and he sees sees what's happening but uh he doesn't know what's going on but billy does remember seeing him earlier because he wants to talk to talk to him so he gets into the goro's in the back seat of the car he gets in and says look um this is what's happening and this is uh what can we do? How can we stop this? And he basically tells him, look, um, go bring her to that uh, temple that's up on up in the mountains. And he's like, all right. And he goes, we'll we'll deal with it there when she gets there. So he's like, OK, so he leaves. Uh, this part was funny. It made me laugh. Um, I thought he, Billy gave him a key to get out of those handcuffs. Um, but he. uh Goro's in the, in the squad car. He's sitting in the back. I don't know why he's not handcuffed uh, with his hands behind him, but his hands are in front of him. But he acts like the, there's a cop sitting next to him. There's no uh, like cage or whatever uh, to, to divide the prisoner and the, the officers. It's early 80s. <laughs> I like what he does. He reaches under his little uh, ninja patch, eye patch. He pulls out something. And then he looks over at the cop next to him and he shoots a little dart or something into his neck. And then he passes out. And then he, then I guess that same little dart thing, he rakes across the, um, the, the passenger officer and then he passes out. And the driver's looking around at both of them like, hey man, what the hell's going on? And girl's like, they're tired. They fell asleep. And then he's like, what? And then he, uh, he grabs uh, that officer and uh knocked him out and then just he ends up taking the no he uh the cop stops and what's happening he says they fell asleep he pulls out his gun to try to i guess he was going to shoot goro but then goro leans back and kicks him in the face and knocks him out so he gets the the keys to get out of the uh the handcuffs and he jets um we go back to christine's apartment billy comes in He's got his gun drawn because he's finally putting two and two together and he know what's happening. He walks in. He sees her little ninja suit there. And then he goes up to her or he goes into her bedroom and he goes into the closet and he's going to try to take the, the katana sword. But then she comes in and like, well, what are you doing? And then he pulls his gun on her like, all right, come on. I need to take you up to that temple. And she's like, why, why? And everything. He goes, he goes, all right, come on, we, we got to do this. This will help you. And she's like, no, no. And he, he's like, all right, come on. He, he, he pulls out his handcuffs. And uh, she's pretty much beat up from uh, fighting all the cops because she's got a black eye. And uh, the part of her face is looks like it's bleeding. Okay, really quick, let me back up. Uh, in the beginning, when the, the black ninja was fighting all the cops and they were all shooting at him, uh, he clearly sees all the ones that he was going after, but there was one cop that was like um, kind of in, in the, the bushes in the, in the shadows. Yeah. And uh, the sun was behind him. So he really all he saw was a silhouette. So we didn't know who there was. We the audience pretty much puts two and two together. So but when she's looking at Billy, talk to him, she remembers and then she realizes that he was the one that she couldn't couldn't see. So she becomes possessed again. She's got the ninja eyes. Uh, she slaps him around, pulls out <laughs> the uh, the katana sword. He's, she's, I thought she was going to kill him right here. 
he walks up to her or he she walks up to him while he's laying on the ground. She starts to chop it, but she kind of like snaps out of the uh, the trance. And then she grabs all her gear and then jets out of the house, gets in a little work van and, and rolls. So Billy, Billy goes still don't know what's going on. <laughs> Billy goes chasing after her, but she's driving hauling ass down the road and he's hauling ass after her, but he can't hang this one turn and crashes into the curb and I assume blew his tires out. I don't know. <laughs> we go to the temple. Uh, Goro shows up. So he after he knocked out all three of those cops, I assume he just threw them out because he comes riding up uh, in the squad car. He goes into the temple and we see all these guys in orange and they're training and fighting. And uh, he's telling the, I assume their master, uh, all right, this is what's going on and this is what we're going to do. So he goes, hey, I may need you guys help. And he's like, sure, man, we'll stick around. So uh, Christine shows up to the temple. She goes in and she's all ninja up. Uh, She doesn't have her mask on yet, but she's kind of just walking around. And she looks in there. She goes into this one big room and she sees the uh, there's this uh, table with a red cloth over it. She pulls that back and it's the black ninja. He's laying there and he's all uh, done up in his gear. So she puts her hood on and she's sitting there. And then Goro comes up to her and is talking to her. And basically he tells her, like, look, um, this is what's going to happen. And we got to do this or you're you're going to die or whatever, basically telling her that. And she's like, all right, whatever. So she springs into action. Uh, and they fight for a second. Yeah. She pulls out the sword and they, they start fighting, having this awesome, uh, Katana sword fight. You clearly see it's not her, but, uh, <laughs> good choreography. I mean, there is, uh, there's some scenes where they zoom in and you can see her eyes. So you, you know, it's her, but he doesn't want to kill her. He uh, ends up uh, flipping her and she falls down and she's laying on her back. And all of a sudden her eyes start to glow and then her whole body glows and it looks cheesy. A uh, girl does a backflip to get away and the spirit of the black ninja comes out of Christine in this crazy little smoke thing. And then it goes into uh, the black ninja Honjuro's body and, uh, the uh, katana sword goes hovering and lands into his arm. And then he, I don't know, I don't know if he was on a platform or what, but he kind of spins sideways. He's still laying stiff. And then it's just, uh, it stands him up. Uh, this part was weird. I, I didn't get why they did this. Um, so, because earlier, uh, Goro told uh, Christina, like, because she goes, well, can you help me? He's like, yeah. Well, how are we going to stop him? He goes, well, I have to kill him. There's yeah, only a ninja can destroy a ninja. Yeah, only a ninja can kill a ninja. So she's like, all right. So, but when this uh, black ninja comes back to life, he starts walking towards them and swinging his sword and fighting them. But he's walking like a robot or a zombie. He looks like a zombie. His skin's all pale. I didn't get why he's able to fight in this body. I thought he jumped into her body because this body was all shot up. I don't know. I guess the possession. <laughs> and you would think, on top of being shot up, he's been his body's been dead for for days. So it's, it's it can't be it can't be any good. I don't know. <laughs> we we didn't write this movie. Uh, so they start fighting. They break out the swords and they're they're doing the kicks and everything. 
But then the black ninja kind of jumps up, steps back. And uh, all those little guys that were in training, the guys in the orange, they're kind of standing off to the side watching. But the black ninja does. Um, who's the guy that throws the fireballs in Mortal Kombat? Is that uh, Liu Kang? Uh, yeah, yeah. He does the, the Liu Kang fireball, the, the black ninja, and throws it at the, the little guy, ninja guys in training. I assume that's who they are. And uh, it kind of like bounces off their heads and goes through them. And then they <laughs> they become possessed because they're like, ah, then they grab all their gear and their little crazy weapons and they all go after Goro. But he there's no, no no match to him. Does uh, Goro not have powers? Because no. Black Ninja has all the powers in the world. Power of the dark side. <laughs> so uh, Goro's just fighting all these guys. He's not killing them because he knows that they're they're not themselves but he ends up beating the shit out of all of them all the ones that come at him um but yeah he does tell him look man i i can't i can't kill you guys so he's uh he fights some more of them they're all chasing him and everything but he he's just trying to get away from them he throws a ninja bomb down the smoke uh, screen and then he kind of gets out of there so he can go uh chase down the black ninja so he runs outside and he's chasing uh, the black ninja. And then this is when Billy shows up. Uh, Christine's laying there on the altar, uh, all passed out. He goes up and hugs her. And then she kind of wakes up. And when she wakes up, she looks at him. And yeah, she's surprised and shocked, gives him a big old hug. And all right, let's start making out. <laughs> so, how, how did he know where they were? Uh, he told him. Oh, he, okay. he, uh, Goro told Billy, like, look, you need to bring her to that temple up on the mountain. Oh, that's right. I, I thought Billy did some police work. <laughs> so that's why he showed up. But I don't know. Understand this makeout session. Uh, back outside, uh, Goro's um, taking on the Black Ninja. The Black Ninja starts throwing smoke bombs at him. Uh, they look like smoke bombs or flash grenades because there's big uh, explosions. Um, Billy and Christine go out to, to look for him. Uh, back to Goro and the Black Ninja, they pull out their katana swords and they're fucking just slicing and dicing. I love the choreography choreography for this and, and shout out to the whoever the other stuntman is for um for Goro. I don't know or not Goro, um the Black Ninja. I don't know if that actor is a real stuntman. I don't know, but they made it seem like he, he did some of the stunts, but all the stuff for Shokansugi, that was him. Maybe that wasn't him when he did that flip, ninja flip over the fence. But they, uh, they're they going at They're fighting up on this hill, like on these big rocks. And there's big cliffs uh, on, on sides of them. But uh, they're having an awesome katana sword fight. Um, the uh, black ninja ends up uh, getting uh, Goro's uh, sword away from him. And then he starts, uh, he basically just knocks it out of his hand. So Goro's like, oh man, what the or, uh, yeah, Goro's like, what the fuck? So he's kind of getting backed over to this cliff, but then he just starts uh, doing his uh, the hand to hand stuff and starts kicking his ass. But then he gets the uh, Black Ninja's katana sword out of his hand and gets it away from him. So then they they go to hand to hand combat and everything, and they're beating the shit out of each other <laughs> with the flips and the crazy uh, ninja jumps and all that. Um, how the hell did he stop him? Oh, uh, 
Billy and Christine are watching, and uh, the Goro he pulls out like a, a one of those little ninja chains, uh, and the little ninja chain thing he's got, and he's swinging around trying to stop him. And then uh, Black Ninja's kind of kicking his ass uh, for a minute. He pulls out his katana sword again. And he's throwing it around. But uh, Billy, he pulls out his uh, sidearm. He's going to shoot the Black Ninja. But Christine stops him and pretty much told him that uh, a ninja can only kill a ninja. That's why, Basically, that's what she told him. But they don't, we don't hear him say it. But uh, uh, Goro eventually gets uh, the katana sword away from the Black Ninja and just kind of throws it. And it lands over by Christine. She picks it up and goes running full speed and stabs the black ninja in the, looks like on the side. And he's just stumbling around. Goro's just looking at him. Uh, the black ninja reaches up to the heavens. He comes down with his little ninja uh, sign. And this is when we get the famous ninja corkscrew. <laughs> he, he starts spitting like really slow but like and it just goes into the dirt and then yeah because at, at first you're like what is he doing because he's not really going into the earth right away yeah he's like it's going really slow <laughs> yeah but then eventually he starts going down into the ground and you're like oh he's corkscrewing into the ground for some reason yeah so once he goes into the ground he um then the earth uh, earthquake starts the the ground shaking uh the girl's like what the hell he's like getting ready to fall he pull out he pulls out his little ninja grappling hook and throws it uh, over to a tree uh but the ground is still shaking and it opens up into like a little uh a little cavern in between he goes falling down that but he's still holding on to the rope hanging on but then uh, while he's trying to pull himself up, the uh, the black ninja, I assume, came out of the the crack uh, <laughs> when, when the earth opened up. And it jumps up and he grabs um, Goro's leg and Goro's just trying to kick him off, but he, but he can't. All right, really quick right here. I was watching an interview with, uh, with, um, with Christine or Special K, Lucinda Dickey. Um, they filmed this scene. And then they they were done. They were her, she, the the movie was wrapped, and she said so. As soon as this was done, they said they didn't need me anymore. She went and started filming Breaking. So while she was doing that, they kind of got a hold of her. They said, Hey, look, Cook, we're not really happy with this ending. Uh, we need you and we need Jordan Bennett to come back so we can do uh, some more shots that we can add into the ending. So she was like, oh, Okay. So on her off days from Breaking, she went over to do it. But if you guys remember. Her hair in breaking. She had really short hair. So she goes, yeah, I was in the middle of filming that film. So they had to put a wig on me uh, to film this last scene. And though you can clearly see it's a wig, it looks terrible. <laughs> so and she goes, like, yeah, when we were filming this, there was no lines. She goes, all we had to do was react. She said the director was saying, all right, the, the ninjas are fighting down here. He's trying to get up. You guys are looking down at him and act shocked or scared or whatever. So that's all they did. They didn't even say one line in the in those reshoots that they added. But uh, Black Ninja is hanging on to uh, Goro's um, leg. He, but then he, he pulls out 
his little ninja dagger and then stabs the black ninja right in the top of the head. And then he just kind of lets go and then falls falls to the ground. And that's pretty much the end of him. He's looking down at him and then he sees that he, he's finally dead and then he ends up crawling uh, to the top and then tells him, all right, it's over. And then so Christine and, and Billy are like, oh, yay, evil's punished. And uh, he just kind of stands there and looks and he tells he tell him, like, yeah, it's over. And then he just kind of gives him a bow. They bow back to him. And then he just walks off. Uh, <laughs> he, I don't know where he's going. He just ends up leaving. Uh, he does look back and smiles at them. And she kind of uh, standing there with a shitty wig and she looks at him, and Billy's like, "Okay, this is over. Uh, now what?" <laughs> her eye, her eyes should have like flashed or something. Yeah, so they start making out again. We uh, flash to uh, the ninja, the black ninja. We see him laying there. Um, he still has the katana sword all the way through him, and the one in his head. But then there's a huge white flash, and then he disappears. And the only things left are the dagger and the katana sword. Uh, we see uh, Shokansugi, Goro, uh, Yamada walking on the uh, the ridge of this mountain that they're on. Sunset in the back, and that's your movie. <laughs> but I I do like the song during the credits. It's the the same credit song they used uh, in Revenge of the Ninja. But the guys that wrote all this, they said, oh, yeah, this is just a continuation. Because it even says it in the trailer, where Revenge of the Ninja End is where Ninja 3 begins. But none of these guys are the same characters. Because <laughs> uh, if you guys remember, Enter the Ninja was the first one. Shokusugi was the bad guy, and he he's dead. Because that one dude, the white guy, was the, the white ninja. Was the um was the hero in that film, and then Revenge of the Ninja Shokusugi was the hero, but he had an issue with this film. Uh, when they called him to come back to do it, he was all ready for it, but he didn't realize that he wasn't the star of this one. He was just kind of uh, the third character, uh, the good ninja, and this is the backstory and everything. But when they were doing this. They kind of did explain to him, well, this is this is what we're trying to do. We're going to do a, a possession type of thing. And he was like, uh, he kind of frowned upon it. But he's like, all right, man, whatever. Let's let's do it. But the guy that played the black ninja for this, for, if I if I understand it right. He didn't like that they were doing a possession thing with with ninjas, because I guess in that uh I don't know if it's a religion or whatever the the ninjutsu or whatever you call it. They they didn't they wanted it to be more authentic with uh, the ninja lore, but there was some ninja lore throughout the three films. But I mean, they kind of threw that out the window when you're making these films. But yeah. he he was kind of like uh, I don't know, but he just they just I don't know, maybe they paid him more. Well, uh, to, Sam Persenberg is kind of, he keeps it loose with the Ninja lore because he, he does go on to do American Ninja 1 and 2 right after this. Uh, you, remember, where, how uh, far we, did... we, you remember that one, those two. We get ninjas in the daytime and we get a ninja. How far did we get into that one? We, we did the first two. 
Okay. <laughs> we're we're gonna so, do three soon because yeah, I, I I watched it recently and yeah. <laughs> it's a movie, everyone. I mean, they're definitely worth watching if you like these type of ninja eighties movies. But um, they said the director he was like fully on board. He was like, hell yeah, man, let's do this. He uh, he was having a really good time filming this movie and um, uh, Luc- Lucinda, yeah, Lucinda, uh, special case. She was saying that she really liked him and it was awesome that they did uh, all the stuff that they did making this film because she was she was a little iffy at first because she said when um, she got the part. Uh, I guess she did some uh, auditions and they just didn't call her. So she kind of went back home for where, wherever she was from. Uh, and then they called her and they said, Hey, we're going to, we want you for this role. Uh, so she's like, okay. So she had to go back out uh, to Hollywood to, to do it or to uh, sign the papers or whatever. So Larry, right, you're hired. You're going to do this film. She was already, she was mainly just really stoked that she got uh, the main role in this film. So she went and and they filmed it, but she said like the first week, uh, it was just all training. They had to train her how to fight. They had to train her um, how to climb a telephone pole with all the uh, the telephone pole climbing gear uh, and everything. Yeah, so she had to do all of that stuff. But she said that she did it all and she was all good. And then they finally gave her a script. <laughs> well, it was good they like working with each other because I, I didn't know he went. He did uh, Sam Furstenberg directed Breaking Two. Oh, he did. Yeah, right after I, Ninja I Three, know. he did Breaking Two. Well, that's cool. Because well, she said she had signed a five-picture deal, um, and they were supposed to make a Breaking Three, but they just didn't do it because Breaking Two kind of tanked. Um, and this one, Ninja Three tanked. So, um, I guess they fa- they filmed it, and then she rolled right into Breaking. Uh, they finished all that. And she had to come back to shoot some stuff over, but Breaking came out first. I guess they kind of held off on the Ninja Three because they were like, "Well, she's got this movie coming out. Let's let's see how that does, and then we'll put our movie out, hoping that if that movie, if Breaking was successful." Everyone's gonna go see Ninja Three. Some people did. I went and seen it because I had seen already seen the first two Ninja films. So uh, let's see what they got. I didn't realize that that was her until I saw her on the screen because I didn't look to see who the actors were. Or I didn't really pay attention to to her on the poster. Um, I do remember one of my friends saying, "It's the chick from Breaking," and when I saw her on the screen, I was like, "Oh, okay, that is her." So Breaking came out and it was. It's a goofy movie, but it was a huge blockbuster for for the time. Because um, breaking breakdancing at that time was at its peak, I would say, before it kind of disappeared and then came back. Um, because there was breaking, there was Beach Street, Breaking Two. They they threw breakdancing in all kinds of eighties movies. Breakdancing uh, and Flashdance. Yeah, I mean there there was breakdancing and thrashing. If you guys have seen that film. Um, but I mean, breaking is still big, man. There's those dancers out there are still still doing it. Even the OGs that were doing it back in the in their day um, are still out there doing it. Maybe they can't yeah. do everything they did, but they're still out there doing it. She did one more movie after Breaking Two, and that was Cheerleader Camp, 1988 slasher movie. 
And the only thing movie-wise she did after the 80s was uh, Electric Boogaloo, the wild untold story of Canon Films, a documentary. So basically, she interviewed. So she did one more movie after Breaking 2, and that was it. Yeah, she said that... Um... After she made all her movies, I guess she met her husband, got married, she had two kids, and then just kind of retired from acting, wanted to just stay home and raise her kids and and be a wife. So, because that's what it says here. This is the first film of a five-picture deal with Lucinda, who Minnie M. Golan wanted to make her a star very badly. The other films in in the deal include Breaking, Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo, Breaking 3 which was planned but fell apart. King. She was also offered a role for King Solomon's Mines and its sequel, uh, the Alan Quarterman and the Lost City of Gold. Uh, but later, the later three films didn't happen of her because she felt that both she and Canon Films were totally tired of each other uh, at that point. Yeah, I guess because she was making these movies for them like boom, 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 right after another. Mm-hmm. So I think she kind of just realized, yeah, I don't know if I want to do uh, anymore, so they kind of agreed. Make, so there was make breaking three now. Uh, well, no, what's his name? He died. Um, Turbo. Turbo. Not Turbo. Uh, Ozone. Uh, Ozone. Yeah, he he passed that. away. I swear, I just seen Turbo in something. No, he Ozone passed away. Um, you can do it in the memory of Ozone. You can do it like all these other dance movies where they got to dance in a competition to save something, but everybody's yeah, he, doing the same thing, and they got to they got to find some old school people to teach them the old school ways. Like it's Turbo, I mean, he 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 can still do it. I saw him at a uh, a con, uh, Albu- I think it was Albuquerque Comic Con. Uh, I saw him down there, and people were talking to him, and they. Somebody had some music and he played it and he got up and did a couple moves. He he can still do it. Yeah, I, so. I saw him. Uh, my aunt took us all when we were, I think I was like 15, 16. He was like on tour. He had like this stage show where they basically was like breaking the, the stage show. And he, he was, was still one, doing the thing. He was one of the um, station robots in uh, Bill and Ted Bogus Journey. I don't know which one he was, but he was one of them. Uh, I want to say he was one of the Turtles, too. In, um, I think, was it the first Turtles movie? I th- I think. I could be wrong, everyone. He wasn't the I'm one not... where you could see the guy's eyes in the mouth. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, which one was he in? Um, I know he was in Family Matters. He was the, the Urkel robot. Uh, I could have swore I thought he was in Turtles. I guess he's not in Turtles. He did Breaking. Maybe he's uncredited. Uh, Bill and Ted. He was in Family Matters. He was in Naked Gun 33 and a third. I, I don't remember that. Dudley Do Right. And I don't know. I must be thinking of someone else. But yeah, man, I saw him at the con. He 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 was he still had the moves and. Michael uh, Chambers, aka Boogaloo Shrimp. Rest in peace, uh, Ozone. He passed in uh, December of 2020. Shabadoo. Yep. But Ninja Three, the the domination. It's 
It was a movie, boys and girls. <laughs> it's but it's a movie you have to see, though. Yeah, it's goofy and everything, but uh, just watch it and have a good time. You either love it or you hate it. If you love goofy, cheesy movies, then this movie's for you. But if you're gonna sit there and try to analyze it and everything, then don't watch it because you're just gonna uh, make yourself sick and tired and maybe shut it off. But uh, this is the movies that I grew up with and I loved it. I was all about the little ninja movie movement that was going on uh, in the eighties. I believe this movie cost two million to make, and I don't think they even made uh, their budget back because this one was was pretty much a flop. It, it didn't hit as big as uh, Revenge of the Ninja um, because uh, Lucinda said that she when she went to break in it was like packed house and everything was all good she goes but when Ninja 3 came out she went she went to go see in the theater but she sat in the back and she said it was got a lot of negativity of uh, that screening and everything I probably just went to a regular uh, screening of it with the public and everything so but she said out of all the stuff, excuse me, that she did, this is the movie, if somebody sees her in the street, this is what they talk to her about. So she's like, it's it's a cult film, and I'm happy I did it, and I'm happy for the, the people that, that come up to her and tell her how they, all, they love this film and everything. So she, because she said at that time when it came out, she was like, oh my God, my career's over, what did I do? But I mean, I don't, I don't think this killed her career. She did more work right after should should be remembered because technically, if you consider this a cult film, then you have to consider well, Breaking and Breaking Two are cult films. So she'll always she's she's an all star. She'll always be yep. remembered. Yep, she is. And all right, everyone, that was Ninja Three: The Domination. Came out September fourteenth of nineteen eighty four, and it is definitely a classic. Um, it's still on uh, Blu-ray, so uh, if you're a physical media collector and you you have the other two movies, you might as well get this one as well. Blu-ray so. is cheap too. It's like depending on when you catch it on Amazon, it's like between like nine ninety nine and eleven ninety nine. I caught it when it was almost thirty when it first came out. Uh, but I don't know, because Chow Factory, Scream Factory, whatever, they're they're kind of wishy-washy on their titles. Sometimes they'll put one out, and then it's limited. And then I, think they, gone. I think they've fallen off. I don't, I don't like this thing they're doing where they're just re-releasing older stuff they released, uh, but now it's 4K. Yeah, I they got me with the Fog Steelbook. I had the first Steelbook, but I liked the art on this one. Yeah. So I was like, ah, do I need it? No, but all right, I'm I'm gonna get it. So I got like three two steel books and just the regular one with the slipcover for the fog. But all right, Brian, what uh what do we got next for everyone? Well, Nez, you asked for it <laughs> in the Facebook group. I don't like this guy personally and as an action star. I think most of his movies are garbage, but he said we needed to do Code of Honor from 2016, starring Steven Seagal. <laughs> Is that on anything? or? I think it's on Tubi, where it should be. It should be somewhere for free. 
A code of honor. All right. Um, yeah, everyone, if you are S- Steve Siegel fans, um, it's there. It's there to watch. <laughs> uh, you can watch it on uh, Tubi or Freebie. It is streaming on there or if you're a, a Plex person. Uh, <laughs> all right, everyone. But all right, everyone. That is it. Uh, this episode. Uh, go over to thehorrorreturns.com, and there's links to all the shows: the wrestling returns, the action returns, thr percent, stream fiends, a regular show. Uh, links to the Patreon. Please become a Patreon subscriber. Uh, also to the Facebook group for all the shows that are part of the Horror Returns Network. Mm-hmm. A link to the T Public. Please pick up uh, the Horror Returns t-shirts if you can. I still need to get one. Uh, there's a few different designs to choose from. Also follow um, YouTube, I believe. Do you guys have a YouTube channel? Yeah, I don't even know if we post anything in a while, but follow us anyways. <laughs> yeah, follow us. There. And as for me, uh, you can follow everything that we got over on the Skater Podcast Network. Uh, just go down below. You see the links. Uh, as well as follow us on E-Society and Magnez on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere uh, you can be. I think we're going to be on that new platform that comes out in a couple days. Oh, what the hell is it called? The Zisu sent me a link oh, to the, it. The, the answer to Twitter? Yeah. Threads. Um, yeah. We'll be on there as well. Might as well just another. Yeah, because Twitter sucks right now. I, I I don't know what's happening. I, I don't know what the issues are with everyone. I mean. Well, I know I had it because I, I post a lot for the shows. And I was yes. posting it on the, the Wrestling Returns uh, Twitter page. And within... Three minutes of being on there said I reached my daily limit of views. What? Yeah, I guess Elon was putting a limit on how many views you can do per day. Unless you were like one of these people that pays for a blue check. And I was just like, man, fuck. Fuck Twitter. Speaking of those blue checks, really, really quick, everyone. I know anyone can just get it if you pay for it, but it seems like Everyone in the mama's got one now. A blue yeah. check. I mean, I'm not for it now. Uh, I don't think I'm blue check worthy, but I ain't paying for something when I don't know. Maybe it just makes someone feel. Yeah, I, I always felt like blue checks were to verify if a business or a famous person was who they really was, not just anybody can get one if you pay for it. Yeah, because I was like, what? What the hell is this? Uh, I, I didn't get what the hell was happening. <laughs> so I, I can make my dog a Twitter page and then get a blue check for it as long as I pay for it. Uh, yeah, I'm not paying for nothing. <laughs> I already pay enough for all the stuff that we got going over on uh, our network, but I'm not paying for nothing. If it ain't free, then we're not on it <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> so, but anyway, everyone, now we're just rambling. But with that, uh, come back for more and we'll give you some Steven Seagal goodness I've never seen the movie I actually just found out about it not that long ago (laughs) so uh, we'll watch that and let you know uh, what we think Uh, 
not going to take the 10 month hiatus on action returns we're, we're going to come back soon so <laughs> yeah school's over with and everything now we're in the summer and i got time to start doing stuff but all right but with that everyone please come back for more be safe out there and party on and be good to each other Thank you.